quality. This is you know stuff. It, it's a shame to leave some of that on as they say the cutting room floor, isn't it? Paxers, uh, Dark Helmet and I engage in some uh, idiotic back and forth before we push the the big red record button on the Rodecaster Pro, and I'm like, man, let's just push the red button because this is this is broadcast. It's broadcast. gold, Jerry. Podcast. Podcast gold. Gold. It is. It is. Is it? It is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, okay. He just, uh, he being uh, uh, America's Dark Helmet, yes. just informed me that uh, something approaching half a thousand listeners tune in yeah. to the Minivan Centurion podcast, which to me is amazing. Because you thought we were just talking to nobody. Not this, that. Dozens. I, mean, I know that that's a lot more than I've actually read it because I can look at it. Oh, fair. On the internet, yeah. you know, my, uh, because it's my blog, I can you see You know what 90% of the listens are, though? It's just Cindy listening to Cindy it over, over and over and again. Over and over again. Uh, speaking of listens, this particular chapter, yes, Dead Reckoning, is the least listened to. <laughs> no shock. It's because... <laughs> It's so. I mean, I went back and reread it, of course, before yeah, yeah. Uh, coming here today. I'm like, man, it's pretty, of all the chapters. I'm not saying it's ununderstandable by any means, because it's it's understandable. It's but it's denser than the other chapters, and it's a, a metaphor extended past <laughs> any legitimate borderline. I mean, no, come on, now it's, not, it's number one. It's like the detail I went into. About how you land navigate. I was like, why did I do that? No one cares about that. I mean, the grid to magnetic angle and, you know, all that stuff. I'm like, what are you thinking? No, it was, you're just, you, were, you know what, you're Dark Helmet? Thorough. To, to some degree, I do not care because that's a beautiful and part. And there we are. Right. That's the beautiful part about having no editor and no filter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you don't want to read it? Here it comes. Don't read it. You skip, don't like it? Skip, skip that chapter. Yeah. But I also have every once in a while somebody will say, read that and go, yeah, man, it reminds me of how we did that. And, you know, that's a lost art, the, lo yeah. the art of dead reckoning, because we have GPS now. Right. And it's to be, a totally not, I mean, it's like my daughter picked up the phone that one time and said, what's this noise? Because she never heard a downtown, right. right? We have no concept of what To be dropped down in the middle of the wood line. Yeah. Not a thing. Man, the things we used to do um, with the equipment we had uh, is amazing now. And I see the stuff they had. I'm glad. But, um, like, just to take a. A, a military, an army GMT grid. Well, I forget exactly what GMT is. A map that's made for being on the ground and mm -hmm. be able to use it to call in naval gunfire. You had to convert it to lot to latitude and longitude. And there's a methodology that I just can't remember at all. Yeah, that was really you took a pencil and you figured this whole out and like so this grid, you know, this military grid point is actually three thirty six degrees forty seven foot. You know, uh -huh. I mean, and we knew how to do that. Yeah, I would get us murdered. <laughs> well, <laughs> they would drop it right on us because I have no hope. Your iPhone can tell you that. <laughs> well, now it can. I'm just saying, like back then, I'd have been, I'd have been in yeah, trouble. Yeah, your iPhone can tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it just uh, that happens so fast. Yeah, but it does provide me with experiences. You know, a parable of sorts. Not of sorts. A parable. It is a parable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a parable, and. Uh, and I think the the reason why I chose it for this is because you had to do two things, which I think a minivan centurion has to be prepared to do. Uh huh. Thing one is you have to make a plan. Yeah. Thing two is you have to be ready to compromise it almost immediately. 
<laughs> and that's isn't that the that that's kind of the overarching theme of the whole book. It is way, the overarching right? theme of the whole book. Yeah. Uh, real quick before we get too far down there, you, you know, you said something about a parable, and that made me think of of like uh, as an example. Oh wait, real quick before we do that, let me throw one thing in there. Let's roll the open. <laughs> it's that beautiful. Oh, sorry. Bean footage. <laughs> Let's roll the bean. <laughs> and, and we're, we're back. back. We're putting the band back together. What would you say you do here? We're on a mission from God. Who is the minivan centurion? He's not simply a husband, father, and a good neighbor, although he is all of those things. He's also the coarse twine that holds the fabric of our community together, fighting to keep us united in the face of those who would split us apart. Most importantly, the Minivan Centurion is the special trustee of the legacy of liberty, which has been passed through generations of tired and bloody hands from the original men who first founded and then fought to build this nation. The Minivan Centurion is you. He's me. He's every man who lives third, holds the middle, and seeks to stay in the fight. <sighs> okay, so. Do you notice in the you, last episode, we rolled the footage like at a place like two minutes in where it belongs, and then like right. eight or nine minutes later, we said, let's roll the footage. Is that what happened? No, I thought you did it on purpose. I do all kinds of things. Well, it was so late that we said it. We were like, it was half, actually, it was farther than that. It was halfway through before we did it. Because I tried to, uh, I don't want to re- reveal this, but uh, I tried to find where we said it. I was like, did we not say it this time? Because there was that one time that we totally blew by and what. never even and said it. You know and so what? we ran at the end. Because I've never made a cent from all the thousand, I mean, unbelievable number of hours that I've podcasted. And yes. I would do it. I don't care. Right. Like, who was, was tweeting to me back and forth where I said, you want to send me a book? And he did, by the way. Thank oh. you. I got it today. Uh, <laughs> I said that I can't remember the guy's name and I can't remember the book. But he, I said, he goes, I would love to hear your feedback. And I was oh, like, I, saw that. I will gladly provide it yeah. whether anybody tries to stop me or not. I'm probably going to do that. <laughs> I did see it. it was a couple days ago. I thought that was so good. Oh, yeah. It was funny. Uh, uh, yeah, pat myself on the back. Um, but uh, where, how did I get there? Help me. I don't know. I well, it. we were talking about uh, rolling the open late. Rolling the open late and uh, just talking and talking yeah, and talking. And it doesn't oh, really matter. the thousands of hours I've yes. spent podcasting. Yeah. None of which I've ever paid for. I would right. do it anyway. Sure. Uh, I don't, I, I can't be a podcast professional, right? Because I don't get paid for it. Okay, fair. But I'm a talented amateur. <laughs> no question about that. And when somebody asked me to be on a podcast that I don't know and they're like explaining it to me, I was like, bud. Yeah. All you need to tell me is how uh, long it how is, long and what, what the general to... theme of uh-huh. your podcast is. Give me a couple points about who you are and what, you know, I can help you and then tell me, you know, what you want to get out of this. Right. And I will I will I and will deliver boom. you a a highly talented and polished amateuristic effort. Yeah. Like a it, it's like a, a a great value computer that you bought at like Walmart or something. So, do you know who Bobby Jones is, or was rather? There's a lot of Bobby Joneses in the world. So, Bobby Jones was uh, the guy who started the Masters, okay, tur- golf tournament. Yep. Um, he um, he is was a, a lawyer from Atlanta, okay, who uh, was an amateur golfer in the 20s and 30s, I think. Uh, but in his time, he was the best golfer in the world as an amateur. 
Okay. Never never played a professional tournament. Uh, I'm the Bobby Jones of podcasters. <laughs> that is really a freaking. That was like that's. This is an arrogant thing to say. Name. But I mean, if there's a guy out there who's been on more podcasts, <laughs> I don't know who he is. Right. You know, and I you know I listen to him for a couple but, reasons. Th- One, well, there's been a more podcast that is not a professional. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Like Joe Rogan. Yeah. I mean, clearly he's paid millions and millions, millions of bajillions dollars. of dollars. Right. And uh, you know, like Matthew McConaughey may have been on more podcasts or something like that. Oh, I didn't but, know but that he, he is was a professional, a, but he hasn't done more. I'm just saying he's been on them. Oh, okay. You know, like he's been on a lot of podcasts. Okay, and people have interviewed him, but uh, in terms of of doing a podcast or things like that, I'm, I'm with you. I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. Um, I listen to all the Art of Manliness podcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for instance, and I hear a lot of people who write some pretty good books that I'm really interested in. Who are very um, are not very good podcast guests. Right. Like yeah. you can just tell Terrible. they're not used to it. They're eating right. the microphone. They're talking over the. Well, and they they typically have like here's my six points. Please don't ask me to vary from that. Right. Well, one thing uh, you know, this is easy because we're in the same room. It's easy when you're in the same room because I can see you getting ready yeah. to say something. One thing that's very frustrating to listen to our podcast is people talking over one another. Yeah. So if you're watching some guy, I can tell when you're getting ready to say something, I just right. stop. So we're not talking about it, right? But it's a, it really is a skill, developed skill to be able to do that over the phone. Yes. That's Very why Zoom is helpful. better. Because yeah. I can look and see a guy and, and see him, like I can watch his body language. To right. The, yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, the timing, now so if you're on <clears throat> podcast as a guest, the timing that you achieve with the host, now you and I have done... 400 podcasts? I don't even know. I mean, at a least lot. two years of, yeah. the, of the 43. Three years of 43. Yeah, three years of 43, and then Jesus. And this, and I know, I it's, mean, a lot. it's a lot. It's good. Okay, so we've done a lot of podcasts, yes. and we're used to each other's rhythm, and I can tell what you're going to do, and I hope you can tell what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, if there's somebody brand new. Right. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not sure, right? Plus, you know, uh, if you're on a podcast, like, I'm trying to help the guy. Right. I'm, I'm, I got two goals. One, I want to help the guy right. with his own podcast. Yeah, he the, has a the, reason for you being on there. And yeah. You want you want to help that. Right. Wanna, yeah. Right. I want to I want to I want to further his ends. Uh but also I want to get, you know, our word out being F3's word out and then um I don't think you can say that well we say it's not that the minivan centurion, centurion concept is part of F3. It's alongside it. I mean, I'm the emeritus, so... One could say it's uh, it's in your rucksack. You're an F3 guy, it's in your rucksack. Right. Yeah. right. It's, well, it's part of it, but it's, it's part not. of it. I, yeah. I guess there's two things that I would say if somebody confronted me and cornered me and said, well, okay, I'm struggling with Minivan Centurion and F3 because F3 is an international organization, right? Right, right. We don't, you know, we... Yeah, we, we're not talking about life, liberties, pursuit of happiness. That's right. It, yeah. Right. So the, the, I guess the second F of F3 fellowship extends anywhere. Sure. If if you're uh, my F3 brother in um, in in Poland or or Saudi Arabia, whatever, you're my F3 brother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, but I am not an American. I'm still my brother. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Uh, same with uh, faith. Right. If you right. are right. of a different faith or no faith at all, as long as you don't believe in yourself as the king of the world. Right. Then you are my brother. Whereas I'm not saying you're not my brother if you're not an American or a 
Christian, but the minivan centurion adopts two radical notions right. that underpin it. You know, the first one being that the tomb was empty. But let me ask you this. Yes. Would you say that the minivan centurion then, as as not part of the F3 world, but part of the F3 world-ish, could it not be applied, though? Could you Could you adjust the radical notions to fit something else? I mean, I know they're specific to Christianity. I don't think it's just, but I guess what I would say is the radical notions are... Well, to your point, you don't have to believe in them. You just have to accept that they You have happened. to accept that they happened and that they had this... Oh, actually, it's even one step beyond, back from that. You just have to accept that even if they're not true, they change the world. Fair. Right? So, yes. And that's, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. To, even if it turns out that... You know, it turns out, wow, those disciples, man, they went to death for a lie because they knew that, yeah. you know, Jesus died he on the cross. never even born, or, yeah. <laughs> or he didn't die. They pulled yeah. him down and, they, you know, they just right. hit him in a cave up with the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls, right? You know, <laughs> but the notion of the tomb being empty changed the world. Yeah. You know, to the degree yeah. where we restarted so, the calendar. So therefore, could it not be internationally applied? It can be applied to any faith system in the sense, or any, I guess, third effish thing in the sense that um, the idea that the ideas that arise from the from the empty tomb to me are that we are a fallen world and man is a prisoner of sin and he needs a savior and to fight the flux he needs to have hope in something outside of himself and right. Jesus fulfills all that right. And if you came to me and said, well, I'm inserting, you know, SpongeBob as my personal Jesus. <laughs> well, tell me about SpongeBob. Well, he died for my sins. And I'm like, uh, I mean, I'm like. You mean I'm, Sponge Jesus? I'm going to think, okay, it's so a good thing I'm not a pastor. Because what I'm going to tell you is, I think you got some confusion right. there, but you're headed right. in the right direction. Right. Right? Yeah. Heading in the right direction. Um, same token, the second radical notion of um, all men being created equal, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you say uh, all men are created equal, life, liberty, and pursuit of thriftiness, I'm like, um, you're you're pointed. I I like where you're going. Yeah. I like where you're going. As you often say, I like what you're trying to do. I like what you're trying to do. The the baby steps are in the right direction, and a, a, a leader who is influencing movement to advantage recognizes any movement in generally the right direction, wards it, and tries to, to, tries yes. to motivate it to yeah. go faster. Hey, buddy, could I nudge you just a teeny bit this way right. and let me clear a couple obstacles for you so that That's you can right. move? Yeah. So if, if you can take these things, these notions that underpin the American experiment in faith-based freedom, because that's what it is, and apply them to Botswana, good. Yeah. And if you apply them in an, a slightly out-of-kilter way, I mean, good-ish. Right. Well, that's, you know, well, it's done. Let me put it this way. If a guy from Botswana, I don't want to pick on Botswana, you know, comes chances into, are good. No one from Botswana is listening to get offended. So comes continue. into the squeezy right now. And he's like, my friend, I like, <laughs> I like your Botswanese I, I've accent. Been, I've been continue. reading much of what you said, but will these, will these theories of yours in a freedom and faith, would they help us in my country of Botswana? I'm like, they will. How do you know? I'll say, look around. Right. Look, look at the, where the you are. proof, say, as they say. Right. Is in the book. What did you do, my friend from Botswana? What, how, what, tell me about your day today. Well, I woke up at the Comfort Inn and it's like, how'd you like it? He goes, it was far better than anything in Botswana. <laughs> and I called one of your Ubers and I was like, yes. Yeah. He's like, do you have that Botswana? No. 
We have what did you do? And it's like, yeah. oh, then I went to then I went to Starbucks. We do not. And it's like, see, yeah. all these wonderful things that are a part of America are made possible by because of the radical notions. Yeah. So if you take those back to Botswana and you, you know, and even and even if it doesn't mean that you end up with a Starbucks on every corner or right. having an Uber, right. if you if your country and your community and your civilization, whatever it is, if that advances to a point where you're like, hey. Look at how much better life is now than right. it was then. And we're not talking even modern conveniences being equated to better, but just that the, the things that we see around us, the modern conveniences, are they are out, outcroppings sure. of the fact that we have sought to make a better world. Right, right. Now, we, can, we can disagree as to whether or not they actually make it better or not. That's not the point, but th- that is the reason that they have come to be. I could not agree more. Gosh, who was it? Red Rider. Do you know who Red Rider is? Yeah. I, I mean, if it's the same Red Rider. And a Carpex? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I Crisco, right? What? Isn't that his name? Steve Crisco? Isn't that Red Rider? Oh, I don't know, man. Anyway. Anyway, uh, I was listening to uh, COT this morning, and uh, it was Memorial Day COT, and uh, the nation's Hello Kitty read a statement from Red Rider that's uh-huh. so perfectly encapsulated. Oh, I have not listened yet. Uh, you should listen, man. It was so I good. Will. It was so good. It was like 7.15 in the morning. And I was walking to work because uh, in the village of Cotswold. You can do that. You can do that. So I'm walking to work and I'm like, darn it, I'm not going to wait another second. I called Kitty knowing he's probably in the shower right? and left him a message. And he called me back about 15 minutes later at Poppy's. And I was like, dude, who is Red Rider? Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's the first FQ of Carpex or something like that. I was like, oh, when I first started listening to you talk, I thought, it was, I don't know why. I thought you were going to like take a nod towards goo or something. Uh huh. But no, man, that was full throated Americana. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Dark, and I and the 459 people who might be listening, it's whatever. There's two things for which I will not apologize on any level. Okay. And one is my savior. Not gonna do it. Yep. Right. Not no gonna need. apologize for my savior. Not gonna apologize for my following him because I because it's by and through him that I have life. Okay. So not apologizing for that. I'm not so not so apologizing for my nation, for America. Not apologizing for that. Now, will I acknowledge? That uh, men, because we are in the flesh, have made mistakes and done th- evil things in the name of my Savior and my nation. That is so. Sure. And I'm not going to pretend that's otherwise. And if you point out to me one of those mistakes, I'll be like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Sure. And if I participated in that mistake, I might apologize to you. Sure. I mean, I think that's possible since I work for the We call the it government. repentance yeah. where I'm from, but yeah. Look, I worked for the government oh, for nine yeah, okay, years. Yeah. Carried, yeah. In, carried an idiot stick, pointed it at people, pulled the trigger from time to time. You know, maybe I participated in something that was that was bad. I don't know. No one's ever told me that. But if it turned out to be true, I'd apologize for it. But I'm not apologizing for my nation. The things that my government might have done because it's made of flesh and man. Right. It's different. It's different. Now, the latter, the necessity of accepting the latter does not eliminate my belief in the former. The fact that men in churches and men in governance have done bad things. Mm-hmm. In the name of Christ, things Christ never would have approved of, sure, or things that uh, we as a nation do not approve of. The fact that that has happened, they do not negate the radical notions, yeah, nor anything that's happened that's that's been built on those, right. And that's why when I hear you know men kind of backing up, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm really sorry about what we all did. It's like you didn't do it, right? Um, a unless you did, right. In which case, in which case, apologize, fix it, yeah, right. Uh, but you know you don't have to apologize for the savior. You know if but but then again also, 
it's jingoism to not acknowledge the things that have been done wrong. Fully willing to do that. That's what the minivan centurion is about to it's some like degree. A, like it's like you believe in one thing and another thing, and they kind of contradict each other. It's yeah, weird. funny how yeah. that could possibly be, <clears throat> where you can hold two semi or quasi contradictory notions in your head at the same time without exploding. Without your head exploding, but yeah. that's kind of what we ask from grown men, right? It is what we ask, right. and it is what is lacking right. uh, as we look around. I absolutely adamantly agree or believe that the government should not restrict anyone's, any man's rights to any single substance on earth. I absolutely believe that if you want to get yourself a, a nose full of phenytol or however you take yeah, it, fentanyl, that should just, be your right. You, and your brain explodes and your eyes bleed out. All have at it. I also absolutely firmly believe we've got to protect people that are vulnerable to phenytol. Tall. Yeah. Fentanyl. 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 Yeah. Absolutely do. Yeah. Well, Dred, you might say. Well, then you should ban it all forever. Like those two those two thoughts are contradictory. And I'm like, you're darn right. Just as contradictory as, as Mission First Amendment always. Yeah. But you know what? That's what a leader is supposed to well, do. Well, that's what I was just going to say is, well, friends, if it was easy, we wouldn't need leaders we to help us leaders. navigate it. If, if everyone could handle that tension in their heart and mind all right. the time, because that's exactly what I have learned over the last few years, especially in leading F3 and, and, and in other places in my life, is that... And, I, and it's funny because I say it to the guys. In fact, I just said it on the on the SLT call that I was on uh, right before we got here and started recording. Is this is the awful and beautiful to me tension of leadership. This is the tension that exists. This is the chaos that we are called to navigate. Otherwise, you could have a 17-year-old kid, you know, a 15-year-old kid. Just They can tell you what the rules are and then check them off whether or not they were done or not, right? We don't need that. We don't need a manager. We don't need someone just officiously saying, well, you, you didn't do this or didn't do that, right? You have to balance all of these, these highly uh, competitive notions, these, these tensions, these, uh, these values that are in competition with one another all the time and figure out when is the appropriate time to allow this one to happen and when is the appropriate time to allow that one to happen. It's funny because, you know, we get a lot of criticism like in church. Uh, and I've talked about my little brother as an example or other men that I know that have, that have renounced faith altogether, whether it's our faith or any faith uh, to some degree, because they have become disenchanted with what has happened as men, as people, human beings are trying to lead. And I say, well, they say, well, things change. Things have changed. And if it was true, if it was real, then it would never change. You know, God would have said, this is how you do it. And he would have seen and known that this is what's going to happen. And he would have told us how to navigate that back then. And we would be doing it the same way now. And, and therefore, it can't be true. It can't be real. It can't be. And I say, oh, okay. I get where you're, I mean, I understand what you're saying. I understand the words that you're saying, right? But the things that were applicable then, you know, 500, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years ago, cannot possibly be the same as now, and but the the tensions of where the world is pulling, and the things that are happening in our communities, the things that are happening in the hearts of men across the world, those things are constant flux. They're in constant motion, and so you have to constantly be looking and saying, mm, "Okay, the things that we did ten years ago that we would have attacked this problem with, you know, the solutions that we we used ten years ago, they just won't work. We're going to have to wait, and maybe they'll work again at some point." But we're going to have to apply different solutions and kind of continue to just sort of play. You came up with, the, or maybe it was uh, Tim, I don't remember now, but the, the, the idea of the tent pole, the tent pole, right? The tent pole leadership. Yeah, right. And that there's right. this, there's a, you know, when you, when you do one thing, 
you get dynamically more or less of the other. I forgot about the tent pole. Thanks right? for reminding me of that. And so it's kind of that, you know, I pulled on this string. Well, that means the other half of the tent way over there is, is you know, I'm getting less tension on that one. And so you constantly have to be in this, this uh, and the other metaphor you used is, that, you know, the plate spinning, right? So there's always this, this, this awareness and this preparedness. And that's why a reactionary leader can't, won't live very long. They won't last, you know, because they're just, all they're doing is running headlong. I mean, they're going to burn out fast. But if you can take that step out and go, hey, there's a, none of this is, <laughs> it ain't perfect. These things ain't going to spin forever. This tent ain't going to stay up if I just let it go and be on its own. Sure. It's There's no di- such thing. Dynamic tension. Yeah. Yeah. The, dynamic tension. Uh, you know who Ron Popeil, remember Ron Popeil, the uh, guy who sold all that crap on as seen on TV, you know, he was the, like the, the ultimate infomercial dude. I, had a, I think you're thinking of... I'm not. I know what I'm thinking of. But there's a... Um, here it comes. The OxyClean guy. It's... Okay. He's a good example, right? He was... This would be the predecessor to... Uh, to um, What's his name? Because oh, oh, he died. I know he did. No, he had that really dark Billy... Uh, Billy... Um, Billy... Um, uh, it's right there. It'll come to me. Yeah. But uh, no, this, is, this would have been yeah. pre-Billy. Um, but... Uh, I miss that, dude. He had, the, uh, so he had that oven. Do you remember he had How about a, all sorts of OxyClean? What's his he name? Said so. Uh, Billy Billy Mays Billy Mays Billy Mays that guy could this is Billy Mays that guy could sell anything Anything to anybody and he made a lot of money doing it he did then he he died of a broken heart (laughs) I think it was a cocaine overdose really actually no I have no idea I'm just joking because he was a high energy guy so I'm just he was high energy joking about that um, but no the the guy before him the Ron Popeil guy had his that oven this chicken oven and it was like and the 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 mantra was set it and forget it and forget it sure right and we believe that that's a thing. There is no set it and forget it. Of course not. Like that's the dumbest, you know, yeah. like, and so Ron Popeil, you know, taught us that that's the way life works. Yeah, you know, we set it and forget about it. That. Dang it, Ron. Stupid Ron. So anyway. Oh, uh, oh gosh, that was a long tirade for no. <laughs> no, there wasn't. I liked it. I liked it. You know, 475 guys listened to this. That's right. Wow, that like, was man, good. that was pretty insightful. I'm going to share it with a 476th. All you do is bring in one other guy. Every day. So the idea here is uh, getting away from all the you know, the work to figure out what it is. But what you ultimately come down with is two things. The azimuth. Yes. And the pace count. Yes. So. So, the, okay, good. This is good. Here's the takeaways. Don't get caught up. Don't get caught up <laughs> some in of the other stuff. Unless you're azimuth, really interested, right? I if mean, you're really interested, call Dredd and right. he'll explain it to you. And he'll actually take you in the field and, and let I'm not you live sure it out. I'm not sure I can still <laughs> do it. I hope I can. Uh, Just be pretty good at it. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, the azimuth is your head and your compass. Yes. Setting, right? That's what you have to follow to get to your objective. Yes. You know, what you're aiming at. Right. And then the pace count, you know, the distance is is how far you have to go to get there. And so part of the parable is, is first planning that, well, saying, well, I, you, I got point A, uh-huh. and I, point B is my objective. Right. And, you know, I take a map and I draw a line on And it. a man must know certain things about himself prior to uh, debark, or, you know, departing on this journey. Ah, right? Very good. Thank you, Franklin. Yes. Two most important things to know are what are his predilections as far as what he does when he approaches obstacles. Mm-hmm. As it turns out uh, men circle to the right or circle to the left. Always. Strange. In fact, they did. Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember if we talked about this on the last time we talked about this or not, but they did a study and they put people in the middle of nowhere and said, walk a straight line. And some people circled as, as tight a radius as 22 meters in a circle. Huh. People walk in circles with no... That's an incredibly tight, because you... Yeah. I mean, you would think, like, no, right. wait, come on. Surely you can... 
Some people, not all, right. obviously, but some people as tight a circle as that. But everybody walked in a circle. Well, uh, and the reason you walk in a circle is because you keep hitting obstacles and moving in the same direction. Yeah. You know, if you didn't, then you wouldn't walk in a circle. You walk on a crooked line, but... Right. Right. So the part of the reason you use a compass is to keep you from doing that. Yeah. So let's say you pick up a, a heading, you got an azimuth of 200, 274 degrees, and you walk in that direction for as far as you can, and you hit like a big outcropping yeah. rock. You can't go through it or over it or under it. You have to circumvent it. And when uh-huh. you do, if you're like me, move to the right. And uh, that, I end up on the other side of it, not exactly in the right spot. Sure. Yeah, right? A little off. Not a lot, but a little. I end up a little to the right. Yeah. Just a teeny bit. Right. Now, there's another thing you had to know about yourself, and it's how many paces do you walk for 100 meters? So if I walk 62. So when I get to 62, every time I've, Left foot hits ground, say one, two, three, four, 62. That's about 100 meters. Ain't perfect because I'm walking over logs and right. swamps and all sorts of stuff. So it's not exactly right. Maybe a little long, maybe a little short. But so, close. But close. F- closer than you think. Yeah. Right. Okay. Anyway, so let's say you're moving for, you know, you're supposed to go 3,500 meters, you know, three kilometers, three and a half kilometers. You get that far on your heading and you're like, I should be at the objective and yet I am not. Mm-hmm. Where is it? So because I know I go to the right, I don't search to the right because it can't possibly be there. It has to be to the left. When I miss, I'm going to miss to the right. Because that's your That's my hard bias. That's, yeah. my, that's my bias. It's my movement bias. Right. Right? Which is the next chapter. But that you know, this know, sets but, that yeah. up. Right? So that's the whole point is along the way, the life of a man, you get an azimuth from God, I believe. Mm-hmm. You start out following it. And then along that adventure, you are forced to compromise. Despite your best effort. Right. Yeah. Of course you do. And you must be willing and ready to stay in motion when you hit an obstacles and compromise as you need to so that you can keep moving. Yeah. That's the whole point of the, of the chapter of Dead Reckoning is that Dead Reckoning is effective, but it's not dead on. Right. I mean, it's close. It, it's close-ish. It'll get you in the general right area if and you'll be able to find your objective if you know these things about yourself and the farther you move the farther off you're going to be and the minivan centurion knows for that he plans for it he accepts it as truth he doesn't get mad when he hits obstacles because those you know dead trees hit by lightning and rock outcroppings and swamps and stuff are out there Mm -hmm. in life and you're going to hit them and you have to circumvent them, or you have to go over me, whatever you have to do, and that's going to throw you off. And when it does, you got to do your best to get back online. Mm-hmm. And you know when you get to where you think you're supposed to be going, you're going to have to do some searching, man. Yeah. And keep searching. That's why I put that, put that in there because I think um, what men are struggling with now uh, in this current time that we're in are, A, either they don't make a plan at all, or they do make a plan and they hold it too darn tightly. Oh yeah, right. Unwilling to compromise. That's right, because you know the plan you make, while it'll get you moving, is also gonna make make God laugh. <laughs> That's how we make he's God like, laugh. He's like, I appreciate what you're saying, but what you don't know right. is there are seven dead trees about to be That's in your right. way, friend. You, you say here on on Earth, you're like, I have a plan, and this is where I'm gonna get to. And God says, <laughs> Good one. Right. Good luck with that. You know, I'm going to throw out one other, uh, maybe a third uh, situation, problem that we... Situation? Situ- Here's the situation. 
uh, that we that we sometimes face. And I was just literally just talking to a dude about this this morning in a in a coaching session, and he said, "I am at the T intersection, and I don't know where to go. I don't know which way to turn, and so I have been sitting here with the car idling and the radio at like volume five, thinking for years." I don't know what to do. And so I have become frozen in place. That's the, that's the um, magnetic attraction of the status quo. Mm. So this is actually zebra jockey stuff. Yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> so if you, you know, I read this in a book when I was a kid. Gosh, I wish I could remember what book it was. But it wasn't even a nonfiction book. It was like a fiction book. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It wasn't a Christian book. <laughs> it wasn't C.S. Lewis. It Got was, it. I don't know what it was, but it was a guy who didn't have faith. I remember that. Okay. And he wasn't following God or any faith-based thing, but he was like, when I hit a dilemma, I don't pray about it. I just I look at it like a fork in the road, and I decide which path is harder to take. And I take that one. Mm. I just take the harder path. Like any, he's like, I don't have any criteria for this other than to say, I've been doing it for a long time and I've never regretted it. Yeah. It's because for whatever reason, the harder path leaves me no regrets. And that's generally actually the shorter path and the one that turns out to be right. So I don't know. It seems like you got to prove the negative to disprove that, but I started doing that a long time ago, probably uh-huh. when I was 20, 20 years old, because I had been gotten into a habit of quitting. Mm. You know, if I hit like a, like a stop sign in the road of life, and I'm like, yep, oh, I just quit. Yeah, like, eh, I'll right. do something different. And then uh, that wasn't working very well. So I read that book, and I was like, okay, the next time I hit a fork in the road dilemma, I don't know what to do, I'm just going to say, which is subjectively, you know, to me, which path seems harder and i'm going to take that path uh-huh. and see what happens so uh i did that a couple small ways for a while and it's well, it's pretty good right seemed to be um and then i had a big decision to make and it was uh it was a sophomore in college and my father told me that he couldn't pay for my junior college so you know i was going to finish up and come home and i thought well i'll go home Get a job or whatever and see what happens. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'll uh, enlist in the military. I don't know where that idea came from. But anyway, I looked down and there was a card, mm-hmm. marketing card from the school's ROTC department sent to my <laughs> roommate. Oh, wasn't even yours. Yep. Said basically, this is 83, so it was a big buildup in the military. For, uh-huh. You know, and I, to, I said, well, um, it said basically if you have a pulse and you need money, scholarship money, you know, come see us. Yeah. I was like, well, I have that, both of those. I know. <laughs> so I go to the RCC department, I walk in, and the guy says, hey, can I help you? And I was like, hey, I got this card. And he says, uh, I said, but it's too much. He goes, oh, I don't want to take the card, throws it away. Come here, man. He's like, right. Come on. <laughs> I don't care what that says. He's like, like uh, let me say, you got a pulse? It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> here, fog this mirror. <laughs> and like four weeks later, I was at Fort Knox. You know, so yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the easy path would have been just to go home Right, get a job. Get a job. Who knows? You know, work for my dad or whatever. You know, who knows? Like, because a lot of people did that. A lot of people did a couple of years of college and went home. You know, the harder path to me, not being, you know, the harder path was, well, and even the easier path would have been to enlist at that point because 
all I had to do was show up, get my head shaved, and keep right. moving, right? Right. But, you know, I had to go through this board, and then they, I had to pass basic training. I had to go through all this stuff, and, and I got a scholarship, and I had to stay in college. Right. Which is, you know, a bunch of stuff. Did it. Uh, I've not regretted that decision for a second. Well, I was going to say, you know, if, if you if you really back out, and, and no one likes to play this game necessarily, but sometimes it's instructive and useful if you say, okay, let's pretend that you had done that. It may be an overstatement. I'll, I'll concede that. All right. There would be no F3. There would be oh, no, there would yeah, be no, there would be. There would be no attorney. People, people, well, it wouldn't people have been say you. that. It's like, it, yeah, no, 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 listen. No. Listen, I'm being serious, though. Maybe it would have happened in a different it way. called G3 or something. Uh, whatever. Actually, but, I didn't even come up with the F. It was another guy. That's not the point. The point, maybe it would have happened, but I don't know that it would have been you. Well, no, it wouldn't have been me. because That's I'd, my point. I'd be up in Connecticut that's all right saying. now. Right. Despondent. Exactly. And that's all I'm saying. So it's not about whether or not God would have done whatever he was going to do with you know, with this. Right. Right. But it is a matter of because it was you now, now F3 exists and it looks like what it looks like. Do you know what I mean? It might've been something, but it would have been something different. And this seems to have spoke. Look, as though there were no other movements happening in the world. Well, I guess what I mean is if God, whatever God wants is going to happen. Fair. But I also believe that he wanted me to do that. Right. And that's why he had me read that book. Uh, agree. Right. I mean, that's why I picked it up. Fair. That's why it had that effect on me. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm certainly <clears throat> capable of making mistakes along the azimuth and getting a little bit lost and have done so on several occasions. But having that azimuth and following it has led me generally to where I think that his objective was for me. Right. You know, see, or I'm still on the way. Well, we're always on the way, right? The uh, I had a, this buddy in the army, and he told me this funny story once. He was from wherever the pff, Amish are. I can't remember. That's uh, that's uh, like Pennsylvania. Area, yeah, right? it was in Pennsylvania, yeah. but I can't remember exactly where. Anyway, okay, like, he hung around a lot. He knew Amish people, and he grew up. This guy was. We're gonna say it's Hanover. That's this not guy, where it is, but that's what we're gonna say. This guy is very was very crazy in a way. <laughs> like he's very okay. like well, he's just the way his mind worked. But he said uh, he used to get into like debates with the Amish and he was um he used to let the Amish come on his land for some reason but he was like picked up some kind of he said there's a lot of arrowheads and stuff artifacts on his mm-hmm. land he's like got in a discussion with the Amish guy once and he's like don't you guys believe that the world is only 800 years old or something because the Bible said well, there's some biblical reason yeah, why yeah because if that's true how could this thing be here because this thing is carbon dated or whatever right, it was out, yeah, whatever, yeah. and the Amish guy my friend Chuck told me he's like, the Amish <laughs> guy says God put that there for you to find so that you would be confounded and it would cause your brain to grow. <laughs> well, you know what? Oh. I'm not here to argue. <laughs> right. I'm like, and he told me, I said, what do you think about that? And he says, uh, he goes, yeah, well, it did. I mean, it's a funny way to look at it. It's like, you know, I, I, it's a little, you know, it's like, yes. why does God do the things he does? Like, why do, why do we face these obstacles? Why do we, why do these, why does adversity jump up at us? Why isn't it all smooth sailing? But, you know, I look back on the obstacles that I've traversed and the adversity that I've overcome and on the far side of it realized how much better of a man than I, that I am because of it. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's why we, in the military, we have, we have obstacle courses right you know, <laughs> like it's funny every military does Can I get a smooth sailing course yeah i don't think you know it's like 
an obstacle course is a funny thing if you've ever been on. I've been on a lot of obstacle courses. Yeah, several, yes. Lot, you know, we Same. have obstacle races now, right? right? But, you know, so if you, but an obstacle course, like, it's, you could just have a smooth course through the woods. Sure. But no, you've got to climb over this, jump right. over that, crawl, crawl in underneath. Yeah. Like, why? I mean, is it, I mean, War isn't really like that. I mean, you could have these obstacles that are similar to what you might encounter in war, like a trench line with wire. Sure, maybe. Yeah. You know, yeah. There might be something to climb over. I mean, Possible. so it builds up some... But I, I've always thought that it's the physicality of... That your body... Of, of forcing your body over it improves yourself physically, but also emotionally, when you overcome something that you're afraid of or you think it's more than you can do, yeah. you do it, yeah. you know, you're like... Oh, well, I mean, it makes you emotionally stronger. Yeah, completing it's the, the problem-solving nature of it, I com- think, too. Yeah, completing an obstacle course is good for body, soul, and mind. Yeah. And it, so it's no surprising to me that the military, which is generally very pragmatic, says, what do we need here? You know, we need an obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know it'll make these guys better. Right. That's right. You know, I yeah. don't think there's any society on earth that says, ah, what makes a man a man is having smooth sailing. Uh, none that I'm aware of. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, none that I'm aware of. And there's a whole book about it. I may be, yeah. I may be wrong about that, but you know, what could be more of a harder path than an obstacle course? Like you chose right. to you do You could this. run around all these right. things. It'd be much easier, but no, right. no, we will, we will tackle them all. That it yeah. would be far easier to Way do easier. that. Whatever it is that God is trying to teach us with that <clears throat> or why he's making us stronger for that way so i will i will throw out an idea and this is this is uh in part from uh my my theology our theology on this side of the 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 trinity this is uh f cam you're throwing Uh, at me church of jesus christ latter saints um (laughs) but our uh our theology is such that we say hey uh the main reason that we are here on this planet is to be tested as to how we will use the free will and agency that God has given us. That is, that is what we are here for. Really? That's in the book of, uh, the book of Mormon Mm -hmm. or is that a DNC? Uh, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, no, you didn't put me on the spot, but it, it's it never is, is as simple a question as you like to ask. <laughs> but uh, it could I would be say just, that it could be just general. It is it is supported by the Book of Mormon. I would say that spoken in that specific language is more of a DNC. Okay, is that is that a fair? I don't know. Um, it's your time. Right? No, I hate you so much. <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> just old school no. Presbyterian. Just, I'm just trying to ask some questions. No, that is a um, that is a modern understanding okay yeah we'll say that. I, i'll go so far as to say that is a, a we'll call it a dnc uh it's not said in either of those places in that language but that's not important i've never i haven't read enough about it <clears throat> or don't know enough about it but so i guess i made this idea up in my head uh-huh. but when the the what was then known as the mormon church what is now known as the <laughs> formerly known as mormon church <laughs> when it emerged in um. Upstate New York, it's uh-huh. connected here. Early 1800s, yeah. And then Not, moved... <laughs> Palmyra, but keep going. Moved westward yes. through significant obstacles and adversity. Yes. Much of it self-inflicted. I'm just kidding. Uh, some uh, of it no, self-inflicted, right? You could argue. You know, if you read about it, it's like... I mean, they were fighting. They were fighting wars. I mean, it was well, like in several places... I will say this. There were, there were no times that I am aware of that I can... Uh, 
there were very few, I'll say very few because I don't want to be a pain in the butt and an absolutist, um, where we picked the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very Se- few Seems like it. The fight. So by the time uh, FCAM gets to uh, Provo... <laughs> Salt Lake, close enough. You could argue... And I, I just picture this in my head that it's been purified, like the like the chopper body. There, there's oh. actually a book written uh, called "The American Jews." Oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. You because th- <laughs> there's that that sort of parallel. I thought you were going to sit there stunned for a second and go, <laughs> "Wow, how insightful!" <laughs> no man is a prophet without honor, other than his hometown. <laughs> you know, like actually, we got a book about that, uh, yeah. right? American Jews. So I was like, yeah. I thought the whole thing was you thought you were the Jew. No, that's no, that's we were. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, my, the Indians my point are the Jews. Is saying, Indians are Jews. My point is saying okay. Is, look, hold on, hold tight, hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Right. Is that it is a yes? It's a modern concept, I guess, in that sense. But that that that's the whole reason you're here is to use your agency in order to submit yourself to God, and therefore everything that you face in some fashion or other is designed to help you to be tested in a way that is particular to you to see how you will use that agency. How will you use that free will? Does that make sense? Yep. And yeah. I think it's perfect to what I, the point of this whole chapter, yes. which is that although your adventure as an invention sharing of life is compromised, that doesn't mean you compromise your core beliefs, right? Yes. The essentials. Yeah. You know, you keep moving. Right, and you know we've discussed this at, at nauseum about the difference between essentials and non-essentials. Right, right. But you compromise those non-essentials, right? Sure. Because they're Doesn't non-essentials. Matter. But along the way, you do not compromise those essential core beliefs, and that's how you that's how you stay in motion. If but you wh- do so, you will have lost your azimuth, right? Then at that point, yeah, you're off the trail. Yeah, and who knows where you end up. And and then you then you're right. Alice in Wonderland and the Cheshire Cat right. and you're saying which way do I go and you're right. saying I don't know. Doesn't and as, as a practical matter for me, how that works out is since my essential beliefs are the tomb was empty mm-hmm. and that all men are created equal. Yep, that makes it very simple for me when when I face one of those dilemmas, right? Because usually the harder path is going to be along those two lines, like you know, yeah. Because to say that I have no I have very little dominion that I'm a born and, and exist at the at God's will for his glory because the tomb is empty and I descended from from this from sin and I have to have a savior. Like I'm incapable my own self of of adhering to anything. Mm-hmm. Like that's hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's really hard. Much easier to say, well, I can control everything. Right, I'm in control. Well, that's control. the lie we tell ourselves well, constantly, right? I mean, I can deter, I can deter, I can determine outcomes and direct events, and I can do all that stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, no I, problem. Right, that's easier. Right, way easier. And, other, and, and the other, and the other path, and the other side of that, you know, the all men are created equal. It's like all men but me. Right, I'm special. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think I tweeted this out this morning. It's like, uh, I don't, I don't take, I take neither despair or I have neither shame nor pride in my immutable characteristics. Oh yeah, and I'm you know they are uh, what they are. They are well, they're the product of God's decision to create <laughs> me as I am in His own image. Uh, yeah, and and if I were to take pride or shame in that, then that's for me to elevate myself over Him, as if yeah, like oh, I'm proud of what I made myself, or 
I'm ashamed of what you made me. Either way is to is to try to kick him off the throne, right? And I, uh, it may be dangerous to to open this door and jump there, but that's one of the things that you know you start looking at at um, many of the things that are happening in our world today with the people and the way that they are voluntarily changing their bodies. Well, in any way that you, I'm reacting to this idea of Pride Month. Yeah, you know, to be proud of your immutable. Well, some of them are immutable, but care to to be. Pr- it's gotten so confusing now. Right. To say that you're pro- proud of your skin color. Sure. Or your sexual proclivities or your perceived gender. To be proud of that. Like, I mean, I'm not proud because I have relatively pale skin and I'm a, I'm a male or, you know, that I'm, that I'm, that I, that I'm married to a woman. I mean, that's, that's, or that I'm attracted to women. Those are those are characteristics that God gave me. Right. How it'd be like I'm proud to be six feet tall. Right. You know? <laughs> what are you proud about? It I'm proud to be forty seven. Yeah. Really? <laughs> okay. Like what? What? what do, I mean, you can be proud of accomplishments. Yeah. Like if you overcome adversity. Sure. You could say, okay, I'm proud of what I did in that circumstance. <clears throat> you could also be ashamed of a failing, right? You know, like uh, I gave the Chipotle kid a hard time today because I don't like waiting for them to open the door. It's like they got some system now. And I was like, you know, your system's not working, man. And it's really not the way you guys should go. And he's like, I'm 16 years old. <laughs> Is this you just trying to get lunch? Is it? Yeah. I was like, well, <clears throat> still, you need to get it together. <laughs> Call corporate. <laughs> so I was like, you know, that didn't, I was like yeah. mildly ashamed of that. I was like, I didn't need to do that. I was sure. like, why did I do that? Just because I had to wait an extra 10 seconds for my burrito. Yeah. So like, you know, okay. <laughs> so you can have pride in an accomplishment. Yeah. You can have shame at a for at a at a at a, at a shortcoming sure. that you uh, in your behavior like in a, lack a loss of a, or a thing or a mistake. Well, if or whatever. your words and deeds become disintegrated, you know you can be that's fine because sure. that's within your, do, your sure. dominion. Like you can have pride within your dominion, like dominion mm. being mm-hmm. you know I have, I have full authority over whatever I deposit. Yeah, those things over which soul. you have some right. influence or that's control. Right. That's right. Yeah, which are very few things. I'm gonna say full yeah. full influence only like. I have only have full and complete authority over input, uh, yeah. heart, yeah, yeah. and output, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, thoughts... I'm proud that I washed my hair. Right. <laughs> okay, that's right. a thing that you did, yeah. Actually, you could have pride in that. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, right. That's, that's right. Low-level, stupid example. Yeah, but yeah right, right. But, you know, I don't have any... But to be proud that you have hair? I don't need dominion over that one way or the other. I mean, yeah. and, you know, <laughs> so I think it's... I, I I get the emotion behind it, yeah. Which is to say, you know, if you've been bullied, don't feel bad about who you are. But I might I think the proper thing to say you are who you are because God made you that way, and that's a matter of acceptance. It's neither good nor bad. It is what He determined. Yeah. So being proud of something over which you had no control makes no sense to me at all. Nor does it make any sense to me to be sh- ashamed. Right. Of how God made you. He decided to do that. I don't know why. Sure. You know, I mean. Yeah. Why did God choose to make me so brilliant, dark? I I don't know. I'm just not not going to be ashamed of it. Yeah, you can't can't hide it anymore. You can't hide that under a bushel any longer. (laughs) Why why did he make me so handsome? I don't know. It's It's very difficult to say. I know it's tough on women. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I mean, 
would it be? I don't know. Would it be better? Like you got into somebody on Twitter about this not long ago, and I was like reading that. I'm like, are you really doing it? Not you. Your your whoever guy, was your, on the other side of that. One. Your your interrogatory. Are you yes. really doing anybody any good? Like telling him, you know, you're beautiful the way you are, and everybody. It's like, just it's a, you right. are who God made you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like. I mean, if you take the inverse, uh, I'm proud to be a white heterosexual man. Doesn't that mean that I look down on everyone else? All pride is a form of looking down on well, someone look else. As, you know, like, except for pride and accomplishment. Well, there's a difference, and, and I guess I should say that's a, that's a fair distinction to make because there is, and this is part of the problem with our language, right? And it has the, the same word, one word. The word pride is... This is not the same you know, meaning. Right. So really, the, to me, it's almost like even pride in your accomplishments, like... I didn't do that alone. Like, I mean, nothing, I mean, okay. If you really break it down, I mean, look, I could only do it because God lent me the breath That's to right. stay alive to do it. I mean, the only, maybe the only reasonable view of pride or wholesome view of pride would be pride in the accomplishments of others. That's exactly what I was going to say. I'm proud of my kids a lot. I'm proud yeah. of my children fighting back against adversity, or whatever, you know, yeah. I'm proud, you know, to be your friend because the things you have done. You know, and that's a source of pride, you know, and I think that pride might be wholesome pride, whereas pride in your immutable characteristics, even even if you're doing that to overcome a sense of shame, still is not healthy. You swung the pendulum too far to the other side. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? I um, I hadn't really ever thought of it in quite in those terms, but that's that's that is the big Right. That's the when guys say I I'm turned off by that or I'm annoyed by that or I'm frustrated by you know whatever it is right what you, I feel like that it, that you're right what we're reacting to is the fact that we anytime you do that even if even if we had a look if we had an F3 pride parade you know we're proud to be F3 guys we're essentially in a way and guys do this they don't have parades but you know they do this a lot of times they they go well you know CrossFit couldn't do that yeah so you you're know, looking down or, and you're like come on man that is that is not holding the middle I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's not holding the middle, you're right. Um, somebody says, well, no one's going to make me feel ashamed of who I am. I'm like, you're right, no one else is going to do that. You don't. You do that. Yeah, you're the only, the one only person. Could, the only, yeah, the only person that could make you feel ashamed for who you are is you. Yeah. Someone else could, like, you know, mock you or whatever. That's a them thing. Yeah. Now, to be fair especially when you're a kid or something like that, it is very difficult. You know, if, if let's say your parents or whatever were very critical. And so those, those tapes were programmed early on, Sure, but, and I'm, I'll just go ahead and speak from experience, right? That is a tape that has been, you know, embedded in my little brain, you know, nothing's ever good enough. Right. So the pride problem is, is if now I swing over and brag about everything that I do because I'm trying to overcompensate for the fact that I feel bad when really the right answer is, and I feel like this is what I did and it, and it was something that I came to through a lot of prayer and fasting and, and study and all that kind of stuff is I went and said, Hey, number one, I recognize that, you know, my dad did the best that he could with what he had. Human, right. human hands. Yeah. And so I forgive him for that. And then I also sought, this was an important one for me personally, I sought his forgiveness for the time, for selling him short and, and holding against him the things that he was really doing when, it, when he was trying to do his best. I think that's the only healthy, I think that's what God would have us do. That's, and that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at, right? It's that 
it's only in that full submission that we we find ourselves and we find our path forward. And any time that we take pride or any time that we say we're better or that you you must do a thing to accommodate me, you know, you have to or else you're bad and you're horrible and you're whatever, we're we're becoming a law uh, to ourselves. And, uh, and, you know, that's scriptural. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think you, you, you made a good point there, darkness. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I like it when I make a good point. Um, I wish you just keep on making good points. <laughs> I have one right now. You're gonna ask me to do three things? Uh, well, I was gonna ask you to ask me. Okay. Would you Would you do three things? I will. Will you love and protect your family? I will. Will you be an asset for your community? I will do my best. Would you fight to hold the middle of this great nation with me? With all my heart and mind. Then you, my son, are a minivan centurion. So let it be written. Then can I tell you one more thing? Oh, sure, sure. You got a mug for radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know. It's a good thing. This is a podcast. It is. It is. <laughs> You've been listening to the Minivan Centurion. If you liked it, share it, rate it, and review it. Then join us every week while we talk about what it's going to take to fulfill our duty as men and leaders. You were made for these times. The road will be rough, but you're up to the task. You don't fight alone. You fight alongside Centurions. Centurions.